And hey everyone, welcome to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and social commentary from an Asian American perspective. I'm your host, Marvin Yoy. Along with me is my co-host. What is my name this week? Minjizi Christini Changizi. Changi. Chillin' at the holiday inn. <laughs> Actually, you should get a more crunchy name this time because you just came back from the crunchiest place in the entire United States. Why is it the crunchiest? Portland. Why is it crunchy? Because of the leaves? No, because of all the hippies. <laughs> I, I did not know this. Okay, so, because hippies eat granola. Uh-huh. Granolas are crunchy. You're crunchy. So hippies are crunchy. Your face and is Portland's crunchy. And Portland's crunchy. Okay. Did you I have didn't. any good, like, vegan kale granola? I was supposed to, but I refused. I ended mm-hmm. up having, they had a really good selection of ethnic foods. Oh, yeah? People from Seattle are going to get so mad at me for saying, but it just reminded me a lot of Seattle. It's not Seattle. I get it. <laughs> I said this to Aaron. You got mad. That's but. interesting because Portland's been, you know, in the media as like the whitest of the white cities that's in the liberal United States. It's very, it's, yeah, it's white, but I also feel like it's very, I mean, there's definitely a hipster vibe where they embrace that progressive liberal feel. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a lot more. Uh, I can't say the word rural. Rur, rural. The rural. It's ruraler. Um, rur, rur, I think it's ruralier. There, the there's term. more nature. <laughs> a little bit more nature. I mean, there's more. Yeah, you had like a big like come to Jesus moment, Anna, in the. the Why lakes, are you putting right? me on blast? <laughs> Man, yeah, I did. I wept. It was actually. I mean, that's exactly why. I just went, you know, to kind of get away from LA, pulled a yolo. It's fine, um, but I went for a walk in the woods one morning, and that was the whole point. It's like, okay, I'm gonna sit down in a cafe, which is totally Portland, like mm-hmm. the cafe scene. Oh my god, it's just one giant Silver Lake, or one giant, one giant <laughs> or one giant Mission District. One giant. But I went to take a walk early morning, and it was just beautiful. And I stood in a forest that was not empty because there were other people walking around, so I didn't feel completely alone so i felt safe but i didn't listen to music i had my phone that i was taking photos with but even that like i just felt a lot more disconnected that's i think where i needed to go and then i felt like i was in fern gully this is where my, my marvin's bringing it up because i got all emotional recapping this story to him i don't think i ever watched fern gully i don't even was think i like, watched a fern gully too but that's i like remember fairies right that's like yeah like, like the nymphs and the little creatures mm. of the nature world I don't even think I watched. It reminds me of Thumbelina. But I didn't watch Fern Gully all the way through, but it reminded me of that. I don't know why, because <laughs> they uh, the leaves rained upon me. There was a breeze, and then it started raining leaves, and it was just magical. And I started crying. Well, welcome back go to Portland, guys. To Los Angeles. Go to nature. Go to nature. You can go other places for nature too. I go to nature in L.A. Where's nature in L.A.? <laughs> Griffith Park. It's kind. Of, yeah, I guess. And running again, like nature <laughs> Other thing that I saw, though, okay, I'm saying when I was in Portland, when I was in the middle of the forest, I still had great service. Really? Which I didn't upload anything. I made it a point. I was like, leave it alone. You can take photos, but like, don't sit there, like, whatever. You didn't, you I mean, you saw a beautiful vista and you didn't feel the need to just instantly Snapchat or Instagram? It? I did not. Hashtag that shit? Hashtag challenge accepted. Mm. Wow. You passed? I did pass. I was yeah. proud. And that was the whole point. But it was good. Good awesome. times. Well, as you can hear, it's just me and Minji here this week. It's kind of a it, it's, it's it's a busy week, so we do have time to line up a guest. But you know, I like to think that we're pretty entertaining on our own. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> All the time. I don't know. What you're <laughs> well, while you were in Portland, I was um, last night. I was actually out at Little Tokyo here in L.A. Yeah. for the um, season finale of Tuesday Night Cafe, which I'm is so run sad by I our friend that. Yeah, Shamira. It was a really great show. Um, I came in a little bit. Um, I caught the end of the open mic and then saw like um, our friend Prisca did a really great collaboration piece with our friend Richie from Tractivist, and um, she was actually in here early. So today was our media day for collaboration, so we did a lot of um, a lot of cool content creation that hopefully you guys will see, um, see soon. But Not hopefully um, you will. <laughs> but Prisca came by and um, showed Minji her the piece that they did together. I learned a lot from her every time I get to hang out with this girl, and we've been yeah. friends for a while. But I always get to learn more about her. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Um, so it was a really great night. Um, Andrew Figueroa and um, the Brats, I think they're just called the Brats now, the Blazing Rays of the Sun, um, closed Brats. out the night. Um, and they, 
they're actually their albums coming out soon. They've been working on it for like the last four years, so I'm super excited to hear nice what comes out from that. But um, the inter- the most interesting thing that happened. Um, also, yeah, congratulations to the um, staff of Tuesday Night Cafe for a great season. Um, they're done for the year now. Yeah, good job to Sean, Quincy, Sophie, and the rest of the crew. Tracy, Tracy, and everybody. Um, but so we had we had our usual after gathering at Far Bar. And um, this particular night on the way out, like we were kind of hanging outside, just, you know, loitering like we do. And we saw like this, just like six squad cars just pull up and roll up in this car that was driving out. And then the cops just came out, guns drawn, like, get out of the car. And then like, like made us leave. What the heck? It's really insane. Like, Did you go on Twitter and find out what it was? No, no. We asked the cop that was doing the barricade and he was saying like, oh, we're just, you know, arresting a dude. But... MBD, get out of here. It was like maybe like 12 cops with like guns drawn. It was well, insane. it was a Tuesday night in downtown LA, guys. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. LAPD. It was, um, it was the second time I've been that close to like a cop thing. A cop thing. The first time was um, in college. We were in LA for a party. What did you do? I didn't do anything, but apparently there was like a gang-related like fight outside of the place that we had our party at. So the cops rolled up and, like, basically told everyone to, like, clear the building. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we were up on the roof. Helicopters just came by, like, showing the spotlight on us. And we're like, like, you guys, leave the building now. What city was this in? L.A. Okay. It was L.A., yeah. Of course. I should have known. Helicopter. You'll be out in Santa Monica enjoying the most beautiful sunset of your life. And then a helicopter. <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, no, that was, um, it was an interesting ending to a good night with uh, community people. One for the books. One yeah. for the history books. Glad to have you back. Yeah. We're back I'm in glad work to, now. I didn't, that didn't sound very happy. I'm really, I'm just tired. It's been a long, well, you guys are hearing this on uh, Thursday probably or forwards. Um, it's been a long day. It's uh, Wednesday night right now for us. Um, we just went through a full day of, of work. Um, like I said, producing content and also planning out the upcoming show. So um, where to are we? To sum it up, a few, few, like a half hour ago, I was hanging over a chair. That's. <laughs> that was what I was. You don't doing. need to know that. I was well. That's I flopped over a chair. That was that embodies the physical state of which I am in right now. Yeah, but welcome to the Clubcast, <laughs> the liveliest one you'll ever hear. We're gonna keep our energy up and power through this. I know we can do this. Yeah, we team. can. No, I'm seriously. I bragged to this. This has been a really big testament of of perseverance and commitment. Because what are we at now? Thirty eight. Thirty eight. Thirty eight. 38 weeks in a row of this podcast. I'm very, 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 very proud. Yeah. Props to Marvin. He does about like 90%. Who knew this could ever be possible? But yeah, he knew. I I didn't. (laughs) It's like, I don't want to do this. This is stupid. I don't have anything to say. I don't know what I'm talking about. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Just like that. But we're still going. And we're going on to our next segment, which is our roundtable, which will break down the news and noteworthy stories that caught our eye this week. Um, sometimes um, Asian related, sometimes not. This past week, a lot of great things happened for the community. Um, first of all, Fresh Out the Boat and Dr. Ken got picked up for full seasons. Woo! Um, so you haven't watched Dr. Ken yet, right? I have not. Mm, you should. I think you would like it. Um, like I said, like you're, you're, you've always been more of the traditional sitcom type of audience. Um, while like this multi-camera sitcom isn't really my thing, I still, I still find myself enjoying it. Multi-cam sitcoms are amazing, bro. <laughs> No, I, I can tell I enjoyed it. Just from the clip. I watched the clips when the mm-hmm. pilot was going out and all that stuff. It looks hilarious. And yeah. I really like that. I do like that style. I love the style of Fresh Off the Boat. Um, that's uh, that's more like the style of like Everybody Hates Chris. Yeah, the single camera. Like um, yeah. I've always been a fan of like you know, Scrubs, Earth Development. Even How I Mentioned Mother was a single camera sitcom. But like they added in a laugh track. But yeah, so congratulations to them. It's kind of cool that the thing with Dr. Ken is critical rating wise like it's hasn't been doing too well mm-hmm. but the numbers keep kind of remaining strong for friday which is how they got it got picked up for the back nine i know i, I saw his tweets yeah <laughs> yeah so that's how i knew that that was happening so yeah. that's awesome yeah so numbers speak i don't know if it was, it was the community supporting it or it was just people bored on friday night watching the show but you know um they were able TV. to they were able to win their night well so. ken, ken jung i'm sorry like i met him briefly he didn't have a whole lot of time i'm sure he doesn't remember me but he just 
And again, this is like, uh, you hear this enough that you're like, okay, really, people are marveling at the fact that actors and celebrities can be really nice people. I'm kind of like, this 2015, yeah, there are a lot of actors, but there's still a lot of douche lords out there. But Ken Jeong is not. He is really, really like wonderful. In person, he's a super nice super dude. Super sweet like, and yeah, like. humble, <laughs> very generous. Like, uh, he always said hi briefly to me because he was busy thinking... Um, I believe Abe from Visual Communications just talking about how much he appreciated the support for this film that he had done before. And he had remembered, you know, like that level of of consideration and appreciation. You you can meet people perfectly nice and perfectly friendly and, and you know, fine to sign an autograph or what, take a photo or something like that. But the, the level at which Ken was just very specific and appreciative to Abe while I was standing right there, it was just really, really awesome. And on top of that, like, I just love, you know, okay, the, the rep sweats with, like, hangover. I was like, God damn it. Like, why does he have to play the micropenis naked guy? Like, blah, blah, blah. But there's something about all of that that I still just, I have a lot of respect for him. He's just, he's Mr. Hashtag IDGAF. He goes, he yeah. goes crazy. He goes all out. He leaves no stone unturned kind of guy. <laughs> And I love that about him. I mean, I think my favorite character of his, and we've talked about this before, is still his, like, doctor character from Knocked Up. I love that, yeah. Yeah, I think... I kind of find myself wishing he was more that kind of character in Dr. Ken. <laughs> but what, is he just, like, total sweetheart doctor? Um, He's kind of... So, personally, I feel like the, the scenes in the hospital right now are, are kind of the more awkward scenes because it's just... It's him, Tisha Campbell, um, and then... The two other kind of team members and Dave Foley as the boss throwing zingers and the pace is so fast that you don't really get a sense that it's a hospital. Mm. Right. But like I said, I was a big fan of Scrubs and what that show did so well was you know, show the struggle of an intern and resident trying to struggle to make it because like uh, for doctors, right, when they first become doctors, they have to intern and then do a residency. Yeah. And during that time, they have student loans that have to pay off. So they, they're and like, they're not sleeping. Yes. Yeah, and so they're like. They're not sleeping. They don't have that much money. And they're like kind of just no social struggling life. to like, you know, become a doctor. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, um, Dr. Cameron kind of find them afterwards because he's an HML doctor now. So he's kind of like the general practitioner. Like, you know, the um, the stakes are a lot, not lower, but like he's not working in the ICU where like death is like around every corner, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, like I kind of feel like I've always liked medical shows just because they can like because it has to do with health, death, like things that have to do with everybody like the opportunity for emotional arcs is so high there's a lot of potential there yeah so um your profession is death (laughs) yeah i mean i I wrote this in the the review that i wrote for our blog but i'm kind of looking forward to now that they have the back nine like because doctor's life is hard and like eventually that stuff falls you home right the stress of like your patient has cancer your patient has you know these diseases and like they're not taking care of themselves or it's easy to make fun of that but eventually like I'm kind of excited to see what kind of stories they're allowed to tell now that they have now that they've been picked more up time, for the season. Know, yeah, because yeah, they don't have to be wringing their hands about, oh my God, are we going to yeah. last another day? That's the scary thing about, I think, anything that you're trying to create artistically is that kind of, that validation of like, are we going to allow you to keep making this art yeah. or not? And then the other thing is that you're saying with the art, I mean, the sad thing is you're you're talking about an ABC sitcom. Yeah. So, And that that, that bugs me. It's kind of like that reality that everyone kind of just begrudgingly accepts because you're like, okay, it's a family sitcom, so how much reality can you expect? Mm. However, there are people who are going to be like, oh, yeah, well... But that's the part that I think people find interesting is when the people who are nurses or doctors go like, yeah, I know that life. That is how it is. The smallest thing, like the type of joke or like... I don't know. I have a lot of medical friends and they make tiny little inside jokes that I know nothing about, but I'm sure for them mean everything. Oh God! They sure meant to get that prescription. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. but that's what makes it real. And they usually have consultants for that, don't they? I think. So. I mean, Doctor Ken, like Ken Jong is legitimate. the consultant. I feel like, yeah. But then he, was, like, yeah, yeah. How long was he a doctor before he became? Probably at least ten years, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, he did the whole residency. He did it. Like, yeah, everything. That takes like what, like five, a six years. Jillian I want to feel years. Like. Yeah. Depending, <laughs> but average Jillian, yeah, maybe Jillian and a half, yeah. But I'm still enjoying the show, um, despite it not being my Your specific style. style of show. There's so many different styles but... of show, though. <laughs> really, though, there's no way to be one size fits all. That's yeah. what's great, honestly. Though that's what's scaring me about acting. Like, 
how how is anyone gonna watch my show when there's eight thousand other ones and then all the ones from the before now <laughs> that are That's now true. on Netflix and now available on Amazon Prime and it's... now available on Hulu <laughs> and now available on Vimeo. Yeah, there's a lot of places. Completely. I mean, even like Hulu's doing their own programming now. They they have like original shows. Like um, what's that one? Um, the one Difficult People with um, Billy Eichner. That was pretty good. And then Amazon's doing their own programming now. Uh, Amazon has you know Man in the High Tower, Transparent, like a lot. Transparent of really is good so shows. good. They really like I don't know that because I didn't watch. Um, there was that geek one. Was it there? There was a nerd show before Transparent was popular. On Amazon, mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. You know about. what I'm talking about, yeah, right? I don't but know, but like, and I didn't watch that for some reason. I was like, oh no, nah, mm-hmm. nah. And oh, this is coming from me. I barely watch anything. I just watch I Love Lucy reruns, but um, and Parks and Rec. But I watched Transparent, and also because Jeffrey Tambor, yeah. the star, is a teacher from my acting school. But it blew me away, like the depth to which they went with that show. I was like. That and shows like Orange is the New Black and people are really pushing that envelope of like putting things that are complete opposite of an ABC sitcom, like nothing sugarcoated, nothing, you know, put in a nice light to look glowy and, you know, like you put an Instagram filter on it. Like This is real. I appreciated that about it. Yeah. And and Netflix has, you know, House of Cars and all. Yeah. Like you said, shows that might have never seen the light of day. On TV is Marco Polo Netflix, right? That's a Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited about next month. There's a show called Man on the High Tower. Man from the High Tower. Basically, it's based on a Philip K. Dick novel. Um, who's he's the guy who wrote like Blade Runner and um, other really great science fiction. I never stuff. watched Blade Runner. I'm sorry, <laughs> um, but I get so much crap for that. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but the premise of this show is basically a world in which the Axis powers won World War II. So it takes place in America, post-war, mm-hmm. where the East Coast is um, basically run by the Nazis and the West Coast is run by the Japanese Empire. What? Yeah. So This show that's coming out or it's been out? Um, the pilot's been out for a while. Um, it got picked up for a full season. So the full season's coming out in November. Crazy. So it should be, should be cool. I don't know. The creative mind astounds <laughs> me. The creative facilities. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how they do that. I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I haven't challenged myself to do that. But, like, you know, everyone describes creativity in their own way. I just, I'm a creative person. I'm, I, I'm very visual. I, I like to mix music and visual and put myself in the audience. Like, wh- what would this show look like? And set design. I love all that stuff. Yeah. So and I'm very creative, but... There's a way that I feel like I create that's very different than people who say would do Blade Runner. Like that is so not where my <laughs> brain would ever go. Like so things like Blade Runner, and we'll talk about this in the future topics. We're going to talk about the future, but it comes from like someone imagining what the future might be like. Yeah, they're just imagining, and then like like the creating the world around it, right? And then finding out what story we want to tell in it, right? Maybe. And then I've watched all these TED talks about that, <laughs> right? Because I got obsessed with TED talks. Some of them are really not that good, but. Um, some of them are, are really TED Talks are usually good TEDx are a mixed bag TEDx yes yeah. TEDx are, is a mixed bag but like TED Talks when they when they just talk about how to unleash creativity and blah blah blah, blah which again I'm a huge fan of so I want to learn about that and I watch it but I'm, I'm like maybe I don't give myself enough room to you know they say like you have to allow yourself to imagine Yeah. and we talk about that because it's the whole concept of like dream big and like don't limit yourself to what is realistic. You know, if nobody ever thought outside the box, then we would never have a lot of things that we have now because yeah. it's all about innovation and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, is that, is, maybe it's just a skill you have to develop that I need to develop because I don't look at myself that way. Like, I'm not, that's a really dumb way because it's one word, creative. And I, mean, I know I'm creative, <laughs> but I'm not like imaginative. I, I think it just comes, I mean, you've taken improv classes. It's all about just opening yourself up to opportunities. And I think like, Say yes. We were talking about this actually earlier today. The difference between like artists and artists, you know? Yes. Like people who perform and do art and people who like are art. I feel like, you know, like. I am um, art. Like the Banksy's of the world or like, I don't know. I'm, I'm imagining like, you know, like Van Gogh and all those people. Like, I think the people real, like the people. Appendages. Well, the people that other people look at them is like, they're crazy, you mm-hmm. know? But they're like, they create cool shit. Right. The crazy ones that leave the biggest impression. 
Maybe that's it. Maybe it's my Asian side of like, you can't go too crazy. I wonder what that'd be. I trust me. I, and I've asked that question myself a lot. Like what if I went like the whole, all the filters through which I live my life. Like, Oh, if I say this or do this, it reflects on my parents. It reflects, by the way, happy birthday to my dad. It's his birthday, but you know, happy birthday, Mr. Chang. Yay. Mr. Badassery himself. (laughs) But, but you know what I'm saying? Like if I removed all that and maybe that's the artiste, right? They have no filter. They just kind of are, but they just imbue. So I guess, yeah. Like what is like, there are Asian artists. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them are, we know them. Like there, there are like, even in like, you know, the ancient days, you know, like there's gotta, like, I think there's another there's another level of it too. There's like artists, artists, and artisans, right? There's there's or there are a lot of artists that do it as like it's a trade. Yes. Right. Yes. Like the wacky ones, I think, yeah. are the one I'm thinking about. I mean, even in like envy. The, even in like the super manufactured world of K-pop, I feel like there's certain artists that are just like also artists. Yeah, absolutely. Right? They're very like avant-garde. They're the ones that experiment and do things that are not standard they're the ones that push the norms like the whole guy liner thing right like this whole thing which i mean that that opens up a whole pandora's box of discussions about you know homophobia and gender norms and etc but like there was this whole backlash about k-pop guys wearing makeup Mm -hmm. right and then became this whole trend where it was it was um it became a trend of like heterosexual guys who are you know they're not homosexual guys like there was no difference they it was part of their style that's how they got the ladies you know they very well could because it just became like the cool stylish thing to do who's to say that it's like you know the people that are crazy enough to try and put it out there and like do it with confidence there's gonna be somebody out there who looks at them like they're like yeah <laughs> it might not be the masses whatever but I'm sure there's a lot. I mean, people are still doing it. So I'm sure there's no shortage of people who are like, that's amazing and it's artistic and that's sexy and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm in this whole state right now after Portland, mind you. It's funny. <laughs> how to be, how to be free. Well, everyone's an artisan, man. Yeah, everyone's making their bread or their beer but that's, or that's, their coffees. But that's, that's some, some people really necklaces. look at that and they're like, I would love to live that life. It yeah. seems impossible that they could give up X, Y, Z. True. To just make coffee and be happy with that's the part I think I'm struggling with of like being re- unleashing the artiste to be all the things and not feel self conscious mm. and not feel judged because I'm the first person to judge. It's true. That's hard. That's the uh, struggle. But like, I mean, uh, people like you know Charlie Kaufman or like you know I like artisty films too. Like just films are like 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 um what's his face Spike Lee. He's an artiste. Like mm-hmm. he just makes what he wants to make. Yeah. And like, yeah, he's lucky that like his films have made money. So people give him money to make it, but right. you know, he wants to do whatever he wants. Right. I think what always appealed to me more growing up were much more reality based. Mm. I liked the, there are various pieces of art, but they weren't as artsy. Mm. I think so when I got older and started watching films, like <laughs> I remember black Swan just like blew my brain to bits. <laughs> Cause that, that kind of movie I wouldn't have chosen it. Actually, I, I mean, I chose it at the time in my 20s, but I don't think I would have gravitated towards that right off the bat. Right? Like, I would gravitate towards, like, a regular... I don't know. Well, Do you you're know you're a rom-com fan, right? Like, I love rom-coms. Yeah. They're total guilty pleasure. Guilty <laughs> pledge. But I love comedies. Well, comedies are even... Anyway. I I'm, think, I'm exploring yeah. the artsier side. I mean, for me to, like... I can't... I don't know how to look at paintings... But like in the films and arts, films, I, I, you know, it makes you think. I like thinking, and like you know, you have those people trying to combine like artsy and commercial, like the, the Chris Nolans, right? Exactly what <laughs> I was thinking of. Exactly. But I mean, even in like, I really liked Inception. But when I was walking out the theater, I remember these high school kids in front of me were just like, "I don't know what the hell that movie is about. Like, <laughs> like what's going on?" Well, Chris Nolan, I have my thoughts about Chris Nolan. Yeah. He's he's well documented on this podcast. He's a genius and he's also overrated. Sorry. No, I mean I could never do what Chris Nolan does, but I don't think I would want to do what Chris he swings Nolan for does. the fences. I think that's that's, that's why I appreciate it. he's whether it works or not. Like you you have to appreciate the like the effort. But there, the, okay, the here's the funny thing about him though. Even if they didn't get it, they still credit him as though he did. That's the funny <laughs> thing. Do you get what I'm saying? Everyone's gonna walk out and they will not know what the 
what just happened? Well, it's they'd be the, like, it's, but they're like, yeah, man, it's like the, that was the most layered, complex, nuanced piece of art. Man. It's the whole emperor has no clothes thing, right? Like, you, do you want to be the one to tell him he's naked? No, like I want to be I'm, smart and artsy too, right? So do I. Maybe I didn't get it. Maybe it's my fault. That's exactly it, right? what I thought. And you know what? <laughs> Screw that. I'm going to own up to it right now. I don't get half of his movies. I walk out confused. Interstellar confused the shit out of me. Um, but again, still beautiful. And honestly, Dark Knight confused me a bit. Really? Like, like, yeah. That. No, was, it was good. I thought it was pretty again, straightforward. It still makes me like appreciate, no, like for the vast majority, but there's small parts where I was like, wait, I don't get it. Mm. There are small parts. Um, overall, I got it. But it, it just, Inception definitely left me scratching my head. Granted, the first time I watched it, my friends took me because it opened my birthday weekend. Mm-hmm. I went the day after my birthday party, which was a really bad idea. You don't watch Inception <laughs> when you're hungover. Um, I fell asleep actually, oh, but but Jiggo was in it. I know that's why I went because I'm a committed, devoted fan mm. lover. But Chris <laughs> Nolan, I'm sorry, and I, I don't want to be the one. Who's like, Am I stupid? I don't get it. I admit it on air. <laughs> I don't get it all the time. It's all right. I get the overall concept. I get what he's trying to say. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes he does it better than others. I felt like like with Inception, I think having a cockside background, understanding like subconscious and stuff, like I can I can kind of get the general, you know, structure of it. Mm-hmm. With Interstellar being like a sci-fi geek growing up, like I can understand the like the dimensionality stuff, but the whole like thing where like love transcends all was kind of dumb. I felt like, but anyways, I don't think that part was dumb. No, well, again, it could have been done better. <laughs> it could have been done better. That, in my opinion, but yeah. again, I'm not I'm not the one putting this film together. Which you know, yeah. you, I just think of that one thing, and then I shut the hell up because what the hell do I know about putting together a multi million dollar film? Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean, with insane elements of CGI and special effects and stunts and acting and right, you know, it's yeah. a, it's a giant cluster of moving parts. <laughs> so props again. I can't. Who might have criticized? Yeah, Chris Nolan, but that's just my opinion. It's all right. It's like the hyper intellectualized, whatever thing that I ranted about last week. Academics. I thought they were okay. <laughs> um, moving on, <laughs> we spent a long time on that topic. We went some places, but um, moment that's of what we do. A moment of silence now is needed for the um, demise of America's Next Top Model, which is a show I didn't really watch, but came onto my radar this year again because of the whole like hot Korean American dude apparently that's on it everyone like was in love with he's beautiful but I just paid attention whenever it was shared on social media I didn't watch the show I'm just you know it took 22 years to get that and then we just get one year of it I feel like wait man. America's Next Top Model has been on for 22 years well I mean 22 seasons 22 cycles okay so maybe like maybe, like, maybe two they cycles do it pretty a year. often though yeah. yeah I feel like it's been maybe like 12 years hmm. or 11 years I feel like it started in college but anyways it definitely started in college because I remember watching the first season in college. Yeah. Yeah, because it was on Tyra. after... Smile with your eyes. <laughs> I just she did was it, like you can't the, see. She was the big hotness for a while. She had her own show. I love Tyra. Where did she go? She Didn't she go crazy or something? I, I don't know. <laughs> that's what happens in this business. You guys uh, see where we are in 10 years. But yeah, that's one more... Another one by another re- another reality show featuring an Asian dude. Actually, I think we're in every reality show now. We've been kicking butt in Top Chef. There's- the new Top Chef cast just got released. Only one Asian this year because they're scared. They're scared. <laughs> what do you know? I don't know. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Who actually shows up and how good they are. They're all so good. Like I honestly feel bad for anybody who has to choose. Well, no, I actually I don't feel bad. They get to eat all that, so shut up. Mm. But. You know, I don't know. I don't know who's up for... I don't know who shows up. This is also the part of entertainment. I just want to go off on my side tangent. Life is about showing up, okay? I can't... I've heard so many stories from so many different angles, from casting directors, from agents, from collaboration, from other organizations who hire musicians or acts or whatever, from so many different things show up like you I really and this is what I wonder on the back end see this is why I think like before I I'm so quick to jump to the conclusion of oh they didn't want 
blah 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 to be on this show. I want to know who was in the audition room, who submitted for that, who actually tried, because sometimes people just don't show up, mm. and we know that. I mean, we're like about the Asian American community. There's a lot of reasons why people will sign up to audition and then never come. And they never will call. They'll never email to explain why they missed it or how they can make up for it or whatever. This has happened. It happens all the time in acting where they're just literally like, I've heard so many times that it's a great role, paid role. It's on the table. The offer was there. Contract was ready. People just stopped returning calls. And that's something that just annoys me personally. It's like a super huge pet peeve. But yeah, that's my tangent from like this whole casting issue. It's People, not an issue. I'm just saying. No, no, no. I'm saying last year, like, Maylin won. Two years before, Shirley Chun made the finals. The year before, like, so it's an like, like it's educated guess. I'm saying that they're they scared. Okay, they scared. But I'm saying it in the bigger picture of like other things. So I would gotta show up. Really want people to show up and like. It really is the first step. Yeah. I mean, even in any organization, we know this. Like we've been leaders of organizations since like I'm guessing high school, right? Mm. And we always knew that you know the people that that we work so hard for are the people that show up because. If we don't show up, how do we know, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I get irritated at people who feel entitled to something when they didn't show up. <laughs> well, and they complain and all this stuff. Like, I mean, this is me at 1130 p.m. I'm just keeping it real because I'm tired. And there are no filters on this now. I'm just, I'm, I'm sick of people who feel entitled to something that they weren't willing to put in the first basic level of work, which is to show up. Yeah. You know, and if you have a reason why something cannot be followed through with, that's fine. Then, like, explain yourself or be kind and be professional. That's just, I don't know, basic professionalism. Be accountable, right? Just like. Yeah, and I don't turn into that bitch fest, but like, yeah, I feel (laughs) that right now because, you know, we. There are other moving parts besides you, right? If, and if you're like on deck and they want you for a show, but your ass doesn't decide to respond via your agent or whoever yourself yeah. as yourself you're representing you you don't you decide not to respond to something until you're you feel like you have a few minutes after you instagram and tweet your little butt off right so you're on your phone and you have plenty it's of amazing time. how many people don't aren't aware that people can see their yeah Instagrams. yeah yeah <laughs> fyi uh. we can see you Y'all, y'all putting your selfies public, okay? Like every every year, there's always a story of some like someone sending like the wrong email to one person, and that not understanding that like recruiters talk to each other, especially in these big yeah. industries that like are so intertwined. I'm just getting you know? uh, it's touching a sensitive nerve. But <laughs> this, uh, on the positive note, this is why I love the people that I love yeah. because there are people who are extremely talented, have tons of followers. What that's not even what it's about, but like. They have a lot of quote unquote reasons why they would be really busy and why they have a million other things than to respond to my email or whatever. But they make the time to make it within a reasonable amount of time to give me an answer. Yes or no makes a huge difference in like how any whether it's me or whether it's somebody else. That's how I treat other people. Like hopefully I I get a million emails. I hope I'm as responsive as I can be. But other people are trying to plan around that answer. So you should consider that. So the people that I freaking love and collab, you know, the people that are down and they actually show up and they follow through and they respond to emails, they respond to whatever they said that they would on their their end of it. I'm yeah. like, God, how can we do all the things to help your career I or mean, do whatever we can? That's the best way to show your support is just to be present, right? Yes. Yeah. That all took right. a long time for me to learn, though. <laughs> it's a it's a part of growing up. I it feel is. Like. It is. Um, Everyone work around me. <laughs> the world does not revolve. Around, I mean, maybe what are you the world. Saying? Revol- yeah. <laughs> well, before we take a break, um, I had one more th- um, topic queued up. I'm just going to go into it really shortly. But um, there's a there's a hashtag trending right now, Ken Jong for SNL. It's a reaction to SNL um, bringing on Donald Trump to be there. They're fired. Um, and then fired. the fact that there's only been two Asian SNL hosts in the history of SNL, like what 50 years now. Like Lucy Liu and Jackie Chan, um, so there's never been a cast member. I've been watching that show for years, and like, yeah, don't they know there's like so many skits you can write? Actually, no, don't. 
Uh, that's a tricky one. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're opening a can of yeah. worms there. I'm surprised though that like Randall Parker concerts, no one, none of them have been invited. Maybe they have. Maybe they're just too busy. But I'm sure they would clear their schedule. They're for on us ABC, now. so I don't know. Yeah. That might be why. <laughs> I mean, now that they're on successful TV shows, hopefully. This is part of the process. Yeah. And with that, we'll take a quick break. Um, talk to you about some club updates. When we come back, we're going to talk about future stuff because it's back to the future day. Anyways, we'll be right back. And this podcast is brought to you by the Collaboration Movement. We're a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and creative fields. It's middle of October. We have less than a month until Collaboration Star. If you're in Los Angeles, you should come by. It's going to be an awesome show uh, featuring six amazing up-and-coming musicians from all around the United States. Um, competing for the 2015 title, Collaboration Star. The glory, that's really what it's all the about. The glory, yeah. yeah. But also the community. The community, yes, but the glory. Exciting. Cool. Yeah. The show's also going to feature some amazing guest artists. The Kinjas, fresh from their ABDC run, featuring our friends Mike Song, Ben Chung, and their friends. Um, we're also going to have an epic collab featuring artists from all across the Asian American music scene. It's going to be amazing. Minji's, so Minji's been building it for the last couple of weeks. We're just about ready to let you guys know who's gonna, what's gonna, what, what it's going to entail. So um, maybe next week we'll let you know. And finally, um, we can announce this now, but we got Arches, the new project by Thea Frampton of The Ooh. Voice and Mega Thea um, fame, going to play a set on our show as well. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be backed up by the Wynn Orchestra. Yep, so excited. It's gonna be awesome. There are a lot of there's a lot of anticipation for this announcement, so I'm so excited we can actually do it. Yeah. So it's gonna be an epic show, you know, DF Frampton, Kinja's epic collab. We're gonna have some cool, you know, segments. If you're in LA, you don't wanna miss this. Uh, tickets are on sale now at star.collaboration.org. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Virgin and Southwest are having having sales. So if you're not in LA, it's not that expensive to come out. Yeah, for sure. It's November 14th. It's a Saturday. Oh, and it is hosted by Bosia. Oh, yeah. If you guys don't know Bosia, you, you guys need to know who Bosia is. He's an amazing, amazing poet. Tony Award winning poet. Tony Award winning poet. He speaks the truth. Just the realest mofo on the planet. I love him. He says everything that I've suppressed, and then he says it in about a thousand more times more eloquent way than I ever could say it. Like, on the fly. It's not even he has to write it down. Just <laughs> so, opens his mouth. So, Saturday, November 14th, in Little Tokyo, downtown LA, Collaboration Star. Don't miss it. Come on down. And we're back. Hi, Minji. Hi, Marvin. How was that break? It was very refreshing. Mm-hmm. I feel like a new person. I'm refreshed. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, so now um, we're going to talk about the future because if you guys didn't know, today is October 21st, 2015, which is the day that Marty McFly came to the future from Back to the Future Part 2. I love it. A movie that was one of my favorite movies back in the day. It still is one of my favorite movies. I have the whole set right behind you. (laughs) I watch it pretty often. You do? Yeah. I rewatched the trilogy maybe a year ago and I was kind of surprised how well it holds up. It holds up so well. I've said this about... Um, Back to the Future, as as this, you know, and I don't really like the third one. I wasn't into the cowboy thing as much. Even the third one was like, definitely the weakest. Yeah, yeah but, but it's still it's still not it's not terrible. The it just, first one was strong though. Exactly, the first one was super strong. Exactly, yeah. and the second one again, like sequels usually go, you know, and yeah. everyone gets really upset. But second one I thought was awesome too. I think the second one was like I feel like it wasn't as good as the first one, but still good. It was. So, yeah. I thought it was awesome. I kind of like rewatch. I, as a kid, because of the future flying car stuff, I love the second one the best. But the last time I watched it, I actually liked the first one the best. First one, and I kind I, of felt like it's because like they lost Crispin Glover as the dad, right? I love him so much. Um, and then I think that kind of because like the first one was really like between like Michael J. Fox and Crispin Glover as like the leads, the right? With, with Leah yeah. Thompson, right? Yeah. And then you know, you kind of when it became just about Marty, it wasn't as strong. I felt like yeah, it's still good. Like Marty, like Michael J. Fox is an amazing actor, and he was you know. Okay, I'm stupid. I didn't know this till years later that he played his own daughter. That daughter, like, remember she comes down? Really? You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Ha ha! I get to spoil. Um, 
yay, I'm not the stupid one. <laughs> Marvin, you're stupider than I am. I'm kidding. Love you. Um, but yeah, I didn't know that. In, in the future, the, his daughter, that's actually Michael. Okay, that's interesting. With a wig. You know what? Dad, you know what Dad. I realized though watching the movie? Christopher Lloyd has always been old. Yeah, forever, right? He's been old since he was young. Right. Yeah. That's what, I was just amazed because I didn't realize that until I was way older. And he's old too-ish in um, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, like when he plays a villain. Yeah. I was like, this guy's been 100 years old for 100 years. <laughs> what the hell? Because you see him now he? and it's like, you look still old. Like normal old. Yeah. So I guess he was just like young old? I think he could play old just because he had like... You know, like, obviously he went bald. Or maybe he shaved. I don't know. Was like, that a wig? That's what I want to know. I don't was think it was a real? wig. I think it was actual okay. hair. I'm going to look it up. But he had, like, that white, wispy hair. Like, yeah. crazy hair. Like, even back... I think he was, like, in his 50s, maybe, when he did those movies. Like, he wasn't super old. You know? He was... Yeah. Oh, my God. Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd crashed Jimmy Kimmel Live. I have to watch this later. <laughs> Um, he is, he was born in 1938. Holy crap. So wow. he is 76 right now. Okay. So yeah, 20 that years ago, he was in his back, 50s. Yeah. That movie was 30 years ago, man. Shut up. Right? Oh my God, yes. Yeah, 30 years. Oh my, ew, ew. <laughs> I'm so old. Shut up. No, but it's still so good. Oh, I love this movie. Yeah. I mean, that's, okay. See, this is why. This is exactly why I love the entertainment thing. Like, there's so many downsides and so much BS and so many ways we can critique or whatever. I'm sorry. I just, I freaking love Back to the Future as a story, as this, like, American, America, it's a huge, like, important part of this American culture. It's Americana, right? Marty yeah. McFly, the, the 50s, the 80s, and then the future that, to a degree, we have become, like, that. do you see the cartoon that they made? Yeah, I remember those. It was holy, no, the cl- cartoon that they published like a week ago. Oh no. Like where he's talking about Vine and the um the Oh yeah, movies. like the like the predictions yeah, and stuff. Like, yeah, they, that's like, been all over. That's the internet's been obsessed about Back to the Future th- this past week because for once it's actually the day and not like because there's a Tumblr making fake days that made fake for like days, the entire yeah, yeah. like for, for the last two years. For like 20 years, I don't know how yeah. long. <laughs> no, but that that um that that comic thing that you cartoon know, video was hilarious. You know what else Back to the Future did um predict was that christopher lloyd would be old forever because christopher lloyd doc brown in 1985 looked just like doc brown in the past god i need to watch this mm. i need to watch it again that so for me back to the future has been one of my favorite trilogies and um it's held up well over time and i also feel the same about indiana jones which is another set that i own hmm? and they're just but she doesn't own star wars I don't. I need to rewatch it. Honestly, I feel like I have a, again, this whole brand new me, this new version <laughs> of me that has all this appreciation for sci-fi. Thank you, Chris Pine. Um, it, I never thought it wasn't cool. I watched all of the Lord of the Rings. Like, I loved all that. This is what good storytelling it can do. It will literally open your mind to genres you never thought you could ever give a shit about. For yeah. real. I never thought I would read The Hobbit. You read The Hobbit? I didn't read it. I still haven't read The Hobbit. Yeah, I want to read it though. Because well, it's like the whole concept of like, oh, I should try to read it. You can have it read to you. It. Actually, I don't know how audiobooks for The Hobbit will work. I think that like... would put me to sleep. <laughs> I want to I want to read it because when you actively read something, it puts a different imagery in your head. That's true. That's what I like about it. Like That's why it. I shouldn't have watched The Martian when I was in the middle of reading it. Mm. But I, whatever, no regrets. It's all right. Um, one more thing about how the Back to the Future thing makes me old. I remember, um, I think it was... Three or four years ago, I remember this is the day I found out I got into my grad school because I was taking my my aunt and uncle out um, to Universal Studios. Um, we were going down the giant escalator to the the, um, the bottom portion, which is where the tram ride is, the Jurassic Park ride is, and they were playing a medley of John Williams scores, Aww. and they were playing the Back to the Future theme. And these freaking kids behind me were like, "What song is this?" Oh, I I don't know it's it's, it's ET. I think it's ET. I'm like. I was, kids like your roommate don't understand. <laughs> they don't understand. They don't. Yeah. like. But that's what they learn. You must open their eyes. They must learn. That's why th- I think they like E.T. with Back to the Future. It's too, dis- oh, yeah. When did E.T., was it the same year? Back to the Future came out in 85, so it is as old as me. Well, I mean, those, 
those scores are just all like John Williams was like the man. Oh my during gosh! During the eighties, yeah. It's uh, again back to the gush. I love movies. I love things that will be forever encapsulated in a film. Two hours. It's just an enjoyable trip into this world of Marty McFly and Doc Brown and suddenly <laughs> you can all talk about it and it's so fun and it has this point of nostalgia for everybody. I love that. I, that's why I think I have a really high appreciation for uh, pop culture. Mm. It feels good when you you feel like this, it's, it's a community builder and I don't care if that sounds cheesy. To me, it's like a community builder because you could be completely different people but you all love Back to the Future. Right. Yeah. And the fact that some people might look at me and they wouldn't think that this little Asian girl like feels connected to Back to the Future. Hell, yeah, I do. This part of my childhood, son. Imagine. Imagine now, like there's a whole group of people watching Back to the Future for the first time today. Yeah, they better be. <laughs> if you're smart. If you know what's good for you. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing it so good. Yeah. I, I personally... Yeah, I actually was the same as you. I liked the second one more when I was younger, but now I like the first. The I think the first one was the best story. Like the story time, the first one was the strongest. No, maybe. That's not I necessarily so. why I liked it. I'm obsessed with the '50s. That was what was really funny. Somebody mm. asked if you could go back. They had that question of like, if you could go to the future, or if you go to the past, which would you choose? And I was like, I think I would go. Back. Wasn't like a crappy time for women though in the 50s? I know, this, that's what I'm saying. I was like, it was a very romanticized view. But something about the 50s was very... And probably because I Love Lucy is my favorite show. Mm. <laughs> but um, I guess I'm curious as to like the simplicity of the time yeah. compared to now. Well, the 50s Which was a good... Like, post-war America was a really like... That was that was where the middle class was created. Like, I can, like people had jobs. Like it was like... Since then, it's just been shrinking the middle class. So, you know, and I can see why there's a, like that's why the baby boomers are so like nostalgic about like when it, back in my day we had we all had worked hard and got jobs. Like yeah, because there was like a billion jobs for you guys, man. Yeah. But anyways, and all the women did all the work while y'all were gone at the war, and then you could just put them back in the kitchen and like be happy and like it. That part I would hate. You know, mm. I would probably be like the ruckus maker. Did I'd you ever go watch Pleasantville? Flip shit, huh? I know you're from yes. Pleasanton. Yes, I definitely yeah. watched Pleasantville. I thought that was a really great movie. I liked it. I think it was a great yeah. movie. Did people like Pleasantville? Joan Allen. I think it flew under the radar. Mm. People, a lot of people watched it. That was my first um, time I ever saw Tobey Maguire. Oh, yeah. That was like I don't know if that was the first time I watched Reese Witherspoon, mm. but that was a really big role for her. Yeah. And Joan Allen's a freaking goddess. She's such a great actress that she doesn't get a lot of the celebrity, but she's been in a lot of films. Yeah, she was the wife from Face Off. Really? Yeah. She was the wife from The Crucible that like a lot of people don't remember. Oh. She was with freaking I Daniel Day-Lewis, yo. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Winona Ryder, you crazy hoe. No, <laughs> Crucible is... Commentary. It's funny because it's... Still, the the lessons in the Crucible still very much yep. relevant now, and that was like the Crucible is written as a like a commentary on McCarthyism, right? It was written was, in the fifties, yeah. yeah. right? The, everyone's being painted a communist. The reason why this is like at the tip of my brain right now is because Amazon emailed me the other day saying, "Hey, this is now available on Amazon Prime, and <laughs> we thought you might enjoy it," which they're totally right. But um, yeah, like things like that that you forget, and that's why I'm saying, "Oh my God, how am I going to be in movies when they're competing with the Crucible?" Which is such a good movie. <laughs> But that's why I love movies. There's not yeah. enough time to watch everything. <laughs> I want to rewatch it. I want to take two hours out of my life to rewatch the movie. There'll be time after November 14th. Yes. Yeah. But it, which is in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the future, it's, it's like so. A lot of you know, social media has been going on about how how much Back to the Future got right in today. Like you know, we don't have hoverboards, but we have those like crazy. Segway roller thingies. What are they you know, called? Can have... someone tell me what the <laughs> actual name of that is? Because I hear so many different the wheelie thingies. And they, people call it the hoverboard. Pretty sure it's not the wheelie thingy. I know, but people have called it the hoverboard. I was like, it's not a hoverboard. So you're wrong. It's like a, I mean, if you don't look down, it's kind of like you're hovering. Whatever. I want to know the actual name. I'm looking it up. <laughs> um, they have Too video calling real. rights, you know. I'm actually kind of glad they didn't get the uh, fashion right because that fashion was terrible. There's people who dress like that. The, the double ties? I don't know. That's 
I only wear one word, one tie. There are people who do. Okay, self-balancing two-wheel smart electric scooter. That's way too Me- long. That's exactly what I'm saying. Hover boost, airboard scooter, hoverboard, two wheels. I don't know. They haven't come up with the, the term yet. But they're selling it on the streets. Self, uh, it's self-balancing. I see them everywhere in like the arts district. Self-balancing whatever. Self-balancing scooter. It's just like a <laughs> handleless Segway, man. Two-wheel scooter. But yeah. But isn't the Segway controlled by the handlebars? No, it's it's controlled by leaning. I oh, thought. just leaning. Yeah. Okay. I'm. Scared. I don't know. I've never ridden a Segway. I've seen know. Segway tours all around DC when I was there, but never felt the urge to do it. I have not either. But I did go on the two wheel self balancing. <laughs> did you feel like you were floating? I thought I was gonna die. I'm not a very balanced person, <laughs> so that was a challenge. I could turn very easily, mm. but but yeah, video calling. Um, yeah, video motion, calling. video games, you no know, handless video games. Um, we don't 3D have... movies. The Cubs in the World Series—they're not in the World Series yet, but we'll see. There. We don't... also pour one out for the Dodgers who got knocked out of the World's of the playoffs. No one cares. <gasps> yeah. Anyways, um, what was the other one? We don't have '80s themed cafes though. I'm sure there's there. We have eighty things party. You know why? Because we're past they. They missed the mark there because they didn't expect '90s nostalgia to be the it thing during the 2015. Missed it. Yeah. Yeah, '90s, <laughs> but we don't have a '90s themed. Probably there is somewhere. Well, only we had a friend who was starting a cafe who can make a '90s themed restaurant. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. I don't know what. <laughs> That's way too inside. We got we got to bring it more broad now. But I'm interested to see like what you think the next thirty years will be like. Will we all like you know? Is the world over? I don't think so. I think just a lot more technology that is available to the very rich that over time through economic demand, supply and demand will become more accessible. So you say everyone have like I watch probably. Um, I heard that they're already doing those, you know, like the things that they do in Mission Impossible where they like pull the screen up with their hands and like. Oh, like Minority Report stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I heard that's already happening. Mm. Um, Well, they do things where like they can like read your eyes while you're you're walking past and like give you a like specifically served ad. There might be better security. You know what I mean? Like ways Mm. to like like the eye scan or whatever to detect who you are. Like, I don't know what this... Okay, honestly, what's the deal with the microchip thingy for the credit card? What is that? What is the difference between It's a more secure it? transaction. That's all. Okay. I don't know. Anyway. It takes longer, which annoys me, but... It takes a couple seconds longer, which in <laughs> 2015 is like eternal. It's an eternity. Why is it taking like so much time out of my life? My smartphone now is two years old. I have HTC One, and it's getting to the point where it's like, it's an Android, so it starts slowing down. and it's, Can't support just all like, your activity. Oh, I, just, I need a new phone. It's taking See? 10 more seconds to like open See? this app. I'm missing Snapchat moments because it's not opening fast enough. I agree with that. I got pissed about that. The other <laughs> this is a sad world. This is a sad state of affairs in 2015. You know, but For in the future. privileged, <laughs> pampered ass, technologically spoiled. In 30 years, we're, we're all going to have Snapchat built into your eyes. I don't want so that. So we just like snap that. Sports command is Snapchats for eyes. I don't want that. No, thank you. <laughs> I want to. I still like books. I still like feeling pages, but you're like I don't want to kill you, trees. You can read books by putting on your VR headset and no, opening. No, I'm honestly scared of those things because I'm like genuinely like, what are you doing to my brain? Are you giving me cancer? I don't know what all the airwaves and stuff. Oh. Like, I genuinely still think, like, not all the time, not as much as I did before because... I would think you'd be scared of it because, like, you can, like... Because the future of, like, movies is 3D. Uh-huh. So, like, you put it on the helmet and you put on a scary movie. Not even that. I, I'm, I'm much more concerned about my health and my well-being. We're all guinea pigs. Let's just keep it real. We're all, like, we don't know the effects of all the electronics and all the Wi-Fi and everything and all the cell phone waves and everything that is floating through the air that did literally did not exist a few years ago, mm. right? This collective effect of, like, all these different... Well, it's all leading to the singularity, right? 
it's like, all the stimuli, right? Like, I don't know what that's doing on a molecular mm. basis. And I'm a total bio geek. And that's what I think about. Like, what are you doing to my brain? That's why when I go out and walk in the middle of a forest or I'm out by the ocean, I feel a little bit safer. I feel healthier. The air is different. I'm like, I'm not getting inundated by all these like waves. Mm. So I'm, I'm, there's part of me that's worried about that and a little bit scared. But, you know, I don't know. It's going to prevent you from, like, living a full life. That's why maybe I'm not as big of a future thinker. Maybe that's why I'm not, like, an imaginer so much. Because <laughs> I'm either, like, caught up in the present or I'm, like... I used to have a problem of getting too caught up in the past, but not but so I much But I think, like, issue. a lot of people... So that's, you know, like, think about the future is where things like the utopia movement of, like, the 50s and the 60s came from. You know, like, a lot of our architecture was designed for this future that never came, you know? I mean, thinking about the future... Like that's what people like Elon Musk do, right? They like they think about what what the future yeah. might need, and, and we they need build that, it, yeah. Right? And we need those visionaries. I'm saying I'm not. Like, how am I gonna? I want to go to Vegas in ten minutes from here. Yeah. At any time. Let's make it happen. I want to go to SF. No matter, like, imagine if we actually had a high speed rail to San Francisco. Well, Elon Musk you is can working make on that. Day trips. Yeah. To SF. I know. Well, people already do that via plane. Takes you like forty five minutes. Be so much faster than playing. I know, but Elon Musk is working on that. That's like, and that's that's on a very technology themed level. I'm a visionary. I think with the whole community thing, I think that's where my heart goes and that's where my brain goes. So, what do you think racial America will be, or racial like the world in terms of like community and? There's still going to be, be racism. Like People, people on a very human level differentiate people to try to understand them. I don't think that identifying differences comes innately from a very malicious place. I think it comes from like, you're different than I am. Why is that? It's a, it's a very like, what is me and what is you, right? But I, I feel like with all the cues and the programming that we're given all these different mm-hmm. ways that either through media or through parent bad parenting or whatever that we're led to believe things that are not true or not accurate, not kind or anything. And I think that's changing a lot. Look at young people today and how many kids that have maybe really homophobic parents because of the fact they watch Glee, they will they will not vote against gay marriage because they're just like well what's wrong with gay marriage you know what i'm saying like there's a lot of ways that the world's changing very very rapidly so i still think that i just think not that i don't have faith in humanity i think racism still is going to be there i mean if you look at fiction about future i think it's more socioeconomic gaps will widen i think that's where the real kind of segregation will come like I agree. the has and the haves not i agree that's right? what I, that's i think that'll be a bigger issue than what the color S- of your skin is. especially I, when the corporations take over well i mean common. that's we're letting that happen we're just like okay you can buy whatever you want you can buy me you can buy my soul but for every re- for every action there's a reaction so you don't know people get very protective of like what they feel is right whether people agree that it's right or not but I think racism still exists on the racism thing. I think it'll exist, but it'll be much less. I think there there's a big fight that's happening now for people to be a lot more accepting and empathetic. Yeah. I don't know. They In will... 30 years, Taylor Swift will be classic rock. <laughs> that was a frightening thought. Oh, my God. Stop scaring me. I don't want to think about that. In 30 years, saying, the music shake that it off. the music that the musicians that we were listening to as kids will be dying. In 30 years, everyone's going to listen to um to shake it off as like we're listening to like 50s music. Yeah, like that's their music. nostalgia. That's like, yeah, 2010s nostalgia. Let's do it. I'm very curious how music's going to sound in the future. It's going to be just like beeps. Beeps and boops. <laughs> that's where it's going. Oh my god. It's not just it's not electronic dance music. It's just electronic sounds music. Yeah. And then we'll be like, back in my day, we had catchy melodies. Now it's we all had words. And boops. We had words that went with things. Uh, <laughs> back in my day, we sang about shaking it off and bad blood. Ay, 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 I can't. So yeah, the future is nice and bright. 
we're looking forward to the fact where we can subject our children to the sounds of Taylor Swift. Of Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. <laughs> Carly Rae Jepsen. No. They'll like it. I liked ABBA. ABBA? I've been okay with ABBA. I love old music. Yeah. My dad, like I said, my dad was more of a classic rock kind of guy, so I listened to him more of like, oh man, classic rock's gonna be, yeah. Anyways, as always, um, if you have any questions, feedback, or just want to say hi to us, um, you can reach us at our email at podcast at collaboration.org. Um, we always love reading your emails and you know, look forward to sharing them on the air. Thank you guys for your encouragement. I just want to say after Safe Fest and everything, people have been very, uh, very encouraging about our podcast. And it freaks me out, as always, that people are really listening. But it's, <laughs> Yeah. Know. And the best way to show support for us is to just share. Tell your friends about the podcast and they'll post our posts. Um, give us a review on iTunes. You know, um, It doesn't have to be five stars. It can be four stars. No, five. Um, but just, just giving us reviews on iTunes will help us um, be more visible to other people too. So um, definitely appreciate everyone's help. You know, we're working away towards that first year, episode 52. It's well within reach and um, we'll get there eventually. But that's it for this week. Um, next week, um, we'll be back again for now. <laughs> uh, it's tired. I'm tired. We're tired. Um, for Marvin. But happy. And Minji. And appreciative. Have a good uh, day, week. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see you later.